Welcome. Now, my name is D. Ludlow. Now, before we get into this episode, go to the description, click the link and get your M&A Mastery Toolkit. This is a free download, which gives you some of the tools and resources that you need to start your M&A journey. Don't forget, go to the description, click the link. It's a free download and enjoy the episode. So, Charlie, thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, Episode 43 now. And I want to get into a few different things because I understand you've um you've got a bit of background as well and something completely different to fitness and business so yeah. first of all like who who is charlie and just give us a quick couple of minutes of who you are where um, you come from so to give a brief synopsis so my name is charlie johnson i run a company called cj coaching which is the biggest online transformation company in the uk um and the interesting backstory on all of this is that originally i qualified as a pt uh, when i was 18 i spent about a year training people fell out of love with that went into ski season and then came back to the UK and was like, you know what, personal training, babysitting people in the gym is not for me. So I then went into the property industry um, at 20 probably. Um, and within two years I was managing a branch of an estate agents in Surrey. And I did that for seven, eight years. Uh, and the last year or two whilst I was in that career, I then started to build up my online business at the same time, almost like I was a big fan of Gary Vee at the time, who was mm. having a side hustle. So I was yeah. like, this is going to be my gig. <laughs> uh, and I saw like the opportunity of social media, what was, what was coming along with that, and how I could um, document my own journey and help other people. And then one thing led to another. And literally like two years ago, from probably like a week or two ago, from like coming here in Dubai, mm. uh, I left my full-time job to go full-time with my online fitness business and never look back, to be fair. Yeah, so for one... I suppose real use a real estate agent, so sort of like corporate worldy and stuff. How did you sort of transition your mindset um, to go from you know that typical? You done it for ten years, yeah. so to to go from ten years of the same stuff, regardless of whether you excelled in it or not. How how what was the transition like to be like right now? I can just pretty much do whatever I want. So like <laughs> I can't remember if I've told you the story already, but they so like the property world is bullshit, and you get paid obviously like fifty percent of my salary was on commission and you um well so basically when you're giving your notice you don't get paid a commission for the last month you're at the company so oh, i'm yeah, like yeah. i'm obviously not going to stay for half salary <laughs> so the day I, I gave him my notice i literally walked in i was like i'm leaving left went home and like my area manager called me he's like oh, you've got to come back and i was like no i don't i don't have to, I don't have to listen to you i'm not going back and that for me was like when the, the like penny dropped and i was like no one can ever tell me what to do again but mm. you have to just back yourself to then be able to provide for yourself and your family from then onwards so for yeah. me, that was like uh, like something that would always like I'm smiling thinking about it it's yeah, in my yeah. head. It so self fulfillment, like, yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> percent. Uh, you'd be like, it's almost like someone like uh, broke the chains, and you're suddenly free of like, wait, I don't have to be at this place anymore. I can do exactly what I want and structure my day and life how I want. And like we're currently sitting in Dubai, like exactly. the Arabian Gulf, like yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Um, and that's what I was going to get onto next with you. So you know, you've you've traveled the world you've coached people from all around the world you're global coach um international global um what brought you to dubai now you know of, of, of all times and then you've got some um you still got people you coach in the uk and stuff but what brought you here like what was the main reason for coming here um so dubai's always i originally came on holiday here two three years ago for the first time and since there i've always had um like a bit of a love affair with it and i remember the time before i went someone said to me and he was actually from a client from Jordan. He's like, you love Dubai. It's the best of the best. And I was like, what does he mean? And I was like, you come to Dubai and you go to the toilets and they've got like Hermes hand cream for the toilet <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, it's pretty legit. And everything's mm. clean, tidy. It works. Like, 
for me, as soon as I came here, I was like, this is like perfect. It's like the per- it's like the Truman Show. It's like the yeah. perfect world. Um, and that really brought me into Dubai straight away. And everyone's very polite. And I find the Arabic culture very respectful. Mm. Um, and I know it's something we've spoken a lot about today is how um, Dubai in itself is an incredibly inspiring environment yeah. where like you walk around and even just like the architecture, like I think, think they, they write on the walls and stuff is like where they make the impossible possible because yeah. things people say you can't do they're just going to do like yeah. they built the biggest uh, ski indoor ski slope in the world <laughs> and they're like oh you know what we're going to build one three times bigger like over here and like somewhere else which they're currently building so yeah um that's very much what like initially brought me in with dubai uh, also the gym is obviously sick which is awesome mm. and then um the situation at the moment with obviously covid restrictions and the way dubai has dealt with this so well i think has shown dubai as like a shining light within the world because yeah. um life is pretty normal you come here and you're like i can buy a coffee and sit in a coffee shop mm-hmm. i can go to the gym like legally yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this is pretty cool um so i think that's endeared dubai to a lot of people as well the way they've handled this and sort of almost like stood up to the world um so that's the main reasons i'm here and obviously from a business perspective there's a lot of benefits to having yeah. businesses here yeah so when it comes to the fitness industry um uh, for a long time, people thought the coaching space is a bit oversaturated for, for way before this whole new online. Yeah. Even though online has been a long time, COVID sort of fast forwarded that sort of industry. Um, how do you feel that you've done and become successful within that industry when people, you know, you said you've been in a, um, a normal job for a long time. And while you was in your normal job, years before there's fitness coaches and stuff, and some have done well, some haven't. How have you, how do you think you've become successful in that industry? Um, for me, it's very much about, like, again, to throw a, a word of, I did a presentation on someone else's master one of the day talking about this, is the word omnipresence, so mm. like being it, like everywhere at all times. And that's very much the approach I had at the beginning was like, let's just make tons of content, create loads of like free value, and by law of like reciprocity, get the word out. Basically, yeah, yeah, where yeah. you give someone something for free, they feel yeah. dear to you, yeah. uh, they'll come back to you and eventually buy at some point. So. Um, that was very much my tactic from the beginning was give like uh, again Gary Vaynerchuk says like give 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 and then like try and sell so like just try and give as much free information as possible and try and teach and then when people try whatever you're trying to teach and find it works they'll then come to you for the paid stuff Yeah, and that's like in essence essentially what I've done and at mass scale and then as the business has grown I've then been able to um, hire people to then leverage money against their yeah. time to then mass yeah. produce that if that makes sense so Within the, the fitness space, do you feel that most people are giving out the same knowledge, um, basically from your experience, or you know how how do people excel if if, if how do they d- differentiate themselves exactly? Yeah. Um, so realistically, let's let's be honest. Like ninety nine percent of people just want to lose weight, and yeah. the like we all know it's super basic. So what's it going to be? You want to eat slightly less and move slightly more in essence and people mm. will pay you lots of money to tell them to do that basically mm. um, the real value for the end client is more so in terms of accountability and support mm. so uh, providing an environment almost of success for people to um, feel like they're not on their own within that journey because I think the big thing where people will start a diet or a training program or business course or whatever and they fall off is because they haven't got other like-minded individuals going yeah. through the same process so I know you'll see that within your business and what you do and what you do supremely well. And having that like support system and almost like framework, which I've built from the very beginning, makes a big difference because 
they're then almost not just being coached and getting support directly from me, they're also getting it from the other clients and also the rest of my team and coaches and stuff. So that's very, very important. Th there's one thing that um, I think some people, I still don't know the exact um, answer to this, but so science and effort are two different yeah. things. Now, how much science is involved in whether weight gain or weight loss, whatever it is, compared to effort? Because I see some people training, look like they're training really, really hard, and some look like they're doing it effortless and they're still getting good results. I, I wouldn't even say it's either of those. The word I would use is consistency. Okay. So the most frustrating thing that I've seen, it literally, I just want to like put my head in my hands. I see people who are like, like I talk about this all the time, so like Monday to Friday, they'll weigh every gram of rice and then Saturday, Sunday is a complete shit show and then they're back at square one again on Monday and they're like, <laughs> if you had like an 80% consistency across the entire week, you would get really good results if you just did that for a period of time. And people try and go too hardcore with everything from the beginning so imagine for example with like trading and bits and pieces you do people want to be like i want to put all my money in straight away and then just jump mm -hmm. in the deep end like look like you need to build your confidence yeah. up and get a little bit of progress then mm -hmm. like win 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 and it's very much the same with fitness is like we want to start like with doing the least amount of work possible at the beginning mm -hmm. get progress with that and then incrementally add in because the biggest mistake people make with fitness is um, then we'll shoot themselves in the foot. So the way I look at things um, is like say uh, cardio, uh, taking calories away, supplements, all these things are almost tools we have or like weapons in our arsenal and we wanna try and leave those back so that when you start a program, you start with the bare minimum, doing the least amount of exercise possible and eating as much food as possible. And then as you progress, you can then start to use these extra weapons almost to get more progress as you go through the process. Also, t timelines, so, you know, someone's like really overweight or whether someone's really skinny and they want to put weight on, like muscle, people want everything so quick, right? Now, and obviously we know there's things out that yeah. you can take to fast forward if you still got to train. Yeah. Um, how good is it, like health-wise, for your body to do it quickly compared to, obviously common yeah. sense would say you shouldn't do it very fast, yeah. but how much damage does it do if you do, do things very quickly? It depends on what spectrum, obviously the answer with everything obviously depends. Yeah. So for most people, I say like the perfect rate of fat loss, depending on how much body fat you have, mm. is around a kilo a week. So if you said, if a guy comes to me and he wants to get in awesome shape in eight to 12 weeks, awesome, like we could drop for most people eight to 12 kilos in that time if they carry some body fat. And that's with a fairly sustainable approach. The, the thing that I see, which most people try and do, is again, they try and go, all guns blazing from week one, doing two hours cardio, eating a thousand calories a day. By day seven, they've lost like they might have lost three, four kilos, but then they're burnt out and then they're yeah. thrown the towel. So um, there is a sustainable approach which can work, and I think the people who can hack going a bit more aggressive and say doing a kilo every week is more due to mindset and the habits of the individual. So what I tend to see is, for example, probably the sort of a lot of people you have as clients who are very successful and driven driven and have uh, very well ingrained habits and a strong mindset already yeah. can be pretty bulletproof for eight to 12 weeks and be like okay you need to eat this you need to do this off you go like they have no issues it's yeah. the other people who maybe aren't quite as structured within their lifestyle mm. who would probably need a more longer like gentler approach if that makes sense and those people um see someone who struggles a little bit with self-belief motivation so what sort of things do you tell them? Like if they, they come on your program or whichever part of the program they decide to take, yeah. so I know there's different levels, but how do you, because being a coach, I suppose, yeah. you give them the knowledge, but I suppose a lot of the coaching 
is to do with mindset and making people believe yeah. like you can do this because that's what people struggle with most how, like what type of things do you say to people or yeah how, how do people get around that so the big thing with that is uh so we use a process of basically doing like a check-in every week with everyone so the big thing that i always say to everyone is just take things 24 hours out hours at a time mm. and again don't focus on perfection it's just consistency and just think about like say you want to walk around at eight percent body fat what you want to think about is not the training the, the programs and anything. think about like okay what the the daily habits of that person would have who walks around eight percent body fat because mm. realistically that's what we're trying to create within the client yeah. is that they create the right habits that they then create the right actions they take on a daily basis subconsciously without trying to think about it to then get the end result if that makes sense yeah um so it's very much just having almost like a guiding process through that and then something again which I, I referred to earlier that works really well is where we have a support network of other clients sharing results and their own mm -hmm. feedback in Facebook groups and on the group calls and stuff we have um, that very much inspires and motivates people because they'll be like they might say like oh like last week I didn't lose any weight this week I've lost two kilos out of nowhere because, which often happens so I suppose it's, it's our accountability thing as well isn't it when they see other people yeah 100%. So if when you, when it comes to training, whether you're trying to put muscle on or lose weight or just maintain a balanced lifestyle, what supplement would you say is essential for anyone to have on a day-to-day -day basis? I'm going to give you three. <laughs> and they're not, not going to be uh, any... The, basically, the whole thing I get frustrated with supplements is everyone's looking for the magic answer. And the reality is the giveaway with supplements is in the word. It's to supplement your diet. So... Mm. People always ask about, oh, protein shakes, what's the amino acid profile? Like, all this crap. Like, look, none of that really matters. Like, realistically, what you want to focus on is always food first. So I'd mm -hmm. always prefer people to take, would eat, I don't know, chicken breast or steak, for example, instead of, um, like, whey protein. Um, and people tend to worry too much about the minutiae of those little details mm -hmm. rather than the important things like how hard they're training, what they're actually doing in their training. Um, so... When it comes to supplements, the ones I would say are a prerequisite that people really need are more the health supplements. So mm. um, the things I'd recommend would be a high quality multivitamin and mineral. So not your cheap one from Sainsbury's. Mm. Um, I'd get a, a decent multivitamin and mineral. Mm. So uh, two that I'd recommend for anyone listening would be the one from Supplement Needs or uh, Life Extension do one which is called Two Potato Capsules. So those two. Um, and then the other two supplements I would recommend would be uh, high quality fish oil for essential mm. fatty acids. So again, I'd recommend using uh, uh, Nordic oil is the best brand and again, you can get it on Amazon. Um, and the reason we want to use, say for example, high quality fish oil, yes, it has got calories. So if for example, you were adding 10 grams of uh, fat from fish oils, that would be 90 calories. It's incredibly important for hormonal function and your endocrine system. So one of the big, um, wins that people find when they come to us and we drop their body fat and add that bring their muscle mass up is their hormonal system starts to actually operate as it should so when your body fat levels are too high for a male you tend to find that you have uh, more of an estrogen dominance so estrogen levels would be slightly higher yeah. so by like almost realigning your hormonal uh, function and bringing your body fat down everything starts to then run more optimally and it's almost like when your hormones are out of whack and you've got like mineral deficiencies, I give the analogy of it's like trying to drive a car with a handbrake on when people are trying to get results. And the same thing when people try and take their calories too low, their hormonal system will basically just crash. So like women, for example, will lose their periods for months on end because they're not eating enough. And then if you think about it in um, basic terms, it's almost like their body thinks they're 
uh, in the desert starving. Yeah. So it's basically like shuts down all systems wow. to basically keep them alive. Hmm. So things like that, which aren't like necessary for them to survive and be alive, they will shut down and they'll slow the metabolism down. So going a bit off topic, but yeah. Um, yeah, high quality fish oil is something I'd highly recommend. And then thirdly, the last one I would recommend would be something called curcumin. So that's um, like really strong um, anti-inflammatory and helps bring down inflammation in the body, which is one of the uh, biggest mm. causes of disease. Also with obviously issue with people having COVID at the, like at the moment and people's concerns about that, mm. um, whatever people's opinions are, that would be a very good supplement people should take, which will help their overall health and to try and fight off things like that. So you, you're obviously very fluent in this, yeah. you know, yeah, and um, which which is great, especially being a coach. And that sort of brings me on to my next question. So, how did you know that you had sort of, or you could be a coach? Because some people have a lot of knowledge, but to, to become relatable towards somebody and actually coach somebody is two different things. And obviously, you're very good at it. You've coached what eight over eight thousand yeah, people now. We've had a lot of clients. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're obviously very good at it. And um, so, yeah, what, at what stage did you? think you know like i could be a coach you know yeah how did i even come about so this is the interesting thing and i think everyone will have this i mean i know you'll have mm -hmm. this i have this and it's that imposter syndrome so even now i'm like <laughs> i've bitten off more than i can chew like and all this stuff and it's it's one of those things whenever you're starting a new career or anything like that you just have to be willing to learn and open-minded mm -hmm. and like the best coaches have coaches so unless like i always use tiger woods for example we'll always have Tiger Woods was the best golfer in the world of probably history. Uh, he always had a golf coach. So I always have people coaching me in different aspects of training, nutrition, um, health, whatever. So then I can extract the best knowledge from yeah. in those specific fields. So for me, that's very much um, how I lead my life. I, I am a product of coaching and I'm constantly on a, a process of like skill acquisition. So that's very much the way I see life. It's almost like compute games, like Call of Duty. It's like trying to level up constantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the more skills you have, the the greater your ability to coach and the greater your business will be because then you come at the forefront. Um, something like that makes me laugh all the time. I saw someone <laughs> post about it on Instagram the other day. It was that um, people who, for example, if they run a fitness business or whatever type of business online, if you can't think of what content to post, you don't know enough about the subject. Because like realistically, <laughs> if you said to me, post something about fitness, I'd be like, how many posts do you want? Like, yeah, talk, like yeah. I can, you can ask me anything. I can just make something up for me and you, off the top of your head. If you don't know what to talk about, you don't know enough about the subject. Yeah. It's very much. And you, you go live quite often as well. Yeah, I so just like, like, I just like whacking on live. People asking questions because it's sometimes you get people ask you a gem and like, I haven't thought about that from that perspective. Yeah. Because it'd be the same thing for you with trading and investments. Mm. Like things become super obvious to you. Yeah. And you just presume everybody knows that. That's right. Whereas yeah. like the reality is that like, if you're not in that world, you probably don't understand, for example, what RDL is, for example, or I don't know what glutathione does or something like that. For yeah, <laughs> that sounds foreign. Right? Yeah, yeah, there you go, so. yeah, but now you're right. Is that I suppose the more you level up, like you said, these things sound like they're easy to you. And regardless of how many times you ask, answer the same question, there's always somebody that yeah, they're going to take understand. exactly. So how do you think? Um, what was the turning point for you? Like, how have you scaled so quickly? Because there's some people that have been in business and trying to grow their business for a very very long time and it takes a long time for people to click but you seem to have transitioned very not that it would happen really quickly but you transition very well from your day-to-day -day yeah. into a very successful business it's not like you've gone from yeah you're, you're just just managing to get along yeah. you're, you're you've you skyrocketed yeah. your business what, what was the turning point for you 
So a uh, turning point for me was obviously when I left my full-time job and almost threw myself in the deep end. And I think it's something Tony Robbins talks about a lot. It's like the burning of boats and you, you literally have no choice then to make it work. Um, mm. If you walk out of your job and basically like, F you, I'm not coming back, you're not getting your job back. Mm. So I pretty much I, I destroyed that one. And um, I'm very much into like practicing what you preach and leading by example. So I'm constantly trying to progress and I'll showcase everything I'm doing as an example to people and I often get when uh, clients inquire like one of the things they say is like oh I love how you're very authentic with what you do and how you showcase what you do and you train properly and there's other stuff because unfortunately like fitness and social media is a world of bullshit and smoke like and smoke and mirrors mm. where a lot of it's a facade whereas I just try and be very authentic with what I do and um, it's very much similar to uh, I was reading book in your world cash flow quadrants yeah uh, and they talk about that. It's like, don't take financial advice from people who make all their money just giving like financial <laughs> advice. If they don't invest to actually make their income, then don't take advice from them. Right. So obviously, like you're very successful with what mm -hmm. you do in terms of investments. So I have a huge amount of respect for that. <laughs> and I, I, that's why I bombard you with crypto questions. <laughs> and, um, and the same thing with fitness. Like mm -hmm. you wouldn't go to a trainer who doesn't know what they're doing, mm -hmm. doesn't get results and doesn't showcase what they're doing. So for me, it's very much like showcase your knowledge, showcase your own progress. Um, and then lead by example from there. And part of that process for me was, um, again, throwing myself in the deep end and hiring a full-time like, videographer uh, and editor at the very start. So then I had that platform to build like the world-class content to then try and like pull more people into my world, essentially. Um, and then from then onwards, it's just been um, something that I delayed too much at the start, but it's been very much a process of like, team building around there. I think that the authentic, being authentic is, is one of the main things online. And I think that that's why I think you've done very well. For one, obviously you stay in good shape, yeah. that helps. Um, two, you consistently post good content, which you said, consi well, consistency across anything yeah. make, makes a difference. Um, just, oh, you, you sort of tick all the boxes and the fact that you, um, the lives you do, like not many people do that many lives. Yeah. Like sometimes I, I pick my phone up, you're in a taxi on the way yeah, to the I gym. Just, I you just do like, taxi, yeah. Yeah. Like. But it, it's good though, because yeah. you're using, I think that's the difference as well with, the, with the, um, the forward thinking business mind comes in where a lot of coaches may be good at coaching in, within that industry, but the having like the marketing mind, mm. the business mind, it's, that's completely different. I think that to scale up, you do need to have a little bit of that business acumen, Absolutely. you know, otherwise, unless you have a great, great team around you. And I think that that's probably a big thing for you as well, because like you said, like the amount of people that, um, we had a conversation what, a week ago, yeah. and you were saying the amount of people that approach you based on your lives, I think mm. it's because that they're becoming relatable and you know, they're having that sort of personal touch yeah, with you. Yeah, it feels you. like one-to-one. -one. They'll ask a question and I'll give them an honest feedback. And there like, and then. And that's this, is, this is dumb, don't do it, <laughs> or like, whatever. Exactly, definitely. So, yeah, so I know that you also now coach, um, some high net worth individuals, yeah. CEOs and stuff. What's the difference in working with high performers? Because I suppose, you know, their mindset is already very driven. Yeah. What's the difference in working with them compared to your average? To be honest here? with you, they are actually the easiest people in the world to coach because they will, like, we'll use an example if you listen to this, is a guy, Ingvi, who's in Iceland, who runs like a tech company. Uh, and like, I actually like was getting advice from him in terms of, like structure it, like structure the way he structures his day. It's literally like, uh, if anyone's uh, read the book, The Perfect Day Formula, Craig Ballantyne's been on my podcast. Mm. Uh, literally got gave me his whole schedule, like mapped wow. out, like whole thing, like oh, recovery sessions for like massage, all this stuff. And I was like, 
this guy's serious. <laughs> uh, and for me, they're very, very like on it and like like uh, dot the I's and cross the T's. So for me, I find them tend to be the best in terms of um, just their approach with everything. They're organised, they're structured, and they're not going to. If they say they're going to do something, they'll see through it, see mm. through with it. Um, and that's the biggest issue I see with a lot of people. Not necessarily people coming to me, but just generally nowadays, like an old person, is that people. Mm. Um, we live in a society, particularly in, like in Dubai, where you get Insta shop, you can get water delivered an hour or yeah. whatever. Like everything's done for you, and yeah. this, even with the best guidance in the world, you still have to put in your own work and apply apply the information. Um, so I find they tend to be the best clients to deal with. The big um, difficulties they tend to have tends to be a lot more with stress management and dealing with a lot going on. So it tends to be how can we get the most bang from the buck for their buck mm. in terms of their training. So a lot of them will only train maybe two, three times a week um, and we'll get insane results with them. That. And people don't realize like it's not about how much you do, it's about the quality of what you do mm. rather than huge overall volume. So we live in a society where people think uh, more is better, mm. but better is better. So like having the correct training program that's like optimal for the individual, they actually apply correctly and they actually do the right like exercise movements will get better results than training twice a day every day which is what a lot of people seem to think is the answer yeah so yeah definitely the quality over quantity so what um what do you think is missing then from the like the fitness coaching world like from your perspective obviously you've you've covered pretty much everything yeah. we've got conversations and stuff but what do you think overall is missing like from the coaching world in the fitness industry the, the biggest mistake that i think people make and I'm going to be respectful when I say this because I see out here more than anywhere is the way people train is pretty atrocious and respectfully again to anyone who's listening to this <laughs> is a lot of the, the trainers here in Dubai are very poor in terms of like what they're actually doing like I've been watching people and I'm like well, like what like what is that doing <laughs> and um, it's one of those things like you can look at things that are do you want to get results or do you want to be entertained and I always have a very um goal orientated approach with everything because like okay what's the end objective of what you're looking to try and achieve mm. this is the fastest way for me to get from a point a to point b like, i'm inherently actually a very lazy person um so i just want to try and do everything as quickly and easily yeah. as possible which has helped me a lot with like finding the fastest way to get someone in shape or to scale a business because i'll just delegate build teams because i don't want to do stuff myself in terms but of you do like, it very well though. yeah, yeah so, <laughs> but it's um because i don't want it to go wrong because yeah. then i have to do more work so it's about being efficient with things like that and i think for most people the big thing they could address would be um actually their exercise execution which isn't glamorous to, to fix mm. it's not like a uh, it's not an easy thing that you can show up and market like people will talk about oh, keto and all these other things mm. or this, this fat burning supplement it's not necessarily a a glamorous thing to uh, advertise and market but in reality um, training techniques and the way people actually exercise and move and people fixing the mobility and posture are probably two of the big ones in particular the posture one now with um, COVID a lot of people working from home with really mm. poor setups in terms of working on the kitchen table is something I've seen a lot so um, not to go too much off topic but if you think about if for example your hips are out of alignment because you're sitting at a poor desk all day everything you pretty much do then is going to be uh, dysfunctional from there mm. onwards in terms of exercise so if you want to get say for example a smaller waist if you get your hip alignment fixed and you can then contract your core correctly your waist will naturally get smaller which people don't often oh. think about that yeah that's that's awesome so another thing 
it's not just in fitness, but people get a bit of cognitive dissonance in something they're passionate about and they are very ambitious about. Now, look, I'm not in fitness, so anyone who's in fitness, don't take this the wrong way. But I find that when it comes to like the competitions yeah. in in the industry, I feel that people get a little bit delusional. Yeah, and so just because the for one risk reward and the cost compared to the reward. Now, I know prep can take cost a lot of money. A lot of my friends have done it. Um, you'll know obviously way more than me, but it's very, very expensive to go through a, a, like a, a really good prep. Yeah. And then the reward at the end of it, I just... It's a plastic trophy. Yes, yeah, so, so I don't understand... The hype for it. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I understand that look, you want to get on the stage, you want to perform, people are passionate and they won the trophy, right? Some people just want to do it and it's not all about money. I, I totally get it. But what your body needs to go through um, to get to that stage the cost it takes to get there to get Is pretty much no, yeah like what what's your thoughts so around this i personally i would be interested to see how many people would actually train and do the fitness lifestyle if it wasn't social media that that would be the million dollar question mm. so like i was doing all this before like instagram and that stuff and like mm. I wish I'd clocked on when I was like 17 and be like, oh, you should start a YouTube channel or Instagram. Yeah. Like, I'd probably be a lot further ahead, but everything happens for a reason. Um, but the reality is I think a lot of people are a bit deluded. Say if they're a fitness trainer, they think, okay, I want to um, be successful. They think that competing is the way to become successful. Now, the reality is that your Steve, who's 35, who works in IT, isn't going to get inspiration from you getting shredded and going on stage in your pants. Like, no, yeah, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> And it's not that process right, is yeah. completely not relatable to him at all. Yeah. Um, what would be more relatable is you just like documenting your journey in terms of what you do, maybe trying to like improve your physique or how, like, for example, I'm currently living in a hotel in Dubai. I'm mm. going to do like a video series on like how to eat in a hotel, like, yeah, like good, so that's yeah. practical for like business executives and stuff like that. So people need to sometimes think about um, who their target market is and who's actually going to be looking for information. If you want to be a prep coach, that's awesome. Um, for me, the one thing I'd say is it's not necessarily, obviously, the financial investment in competing is, is significant, but it's more about what you're going to miss out on because you're, and I haven't been there, I've competed three times, and by means I didn't do particularly well any of them, but I was happy with, like, it was, it was an amazing experience, and it's mm. something I'd highly suggest everyone does because um, I remember at one point I was working full time in estate agents. <laughs> training in the morning training wow. in the evening afterwards and then I was running my online business as well and I like now I'm like yeah I've got life pretty easy yeah uh, and but like I remember like being at the point where I was like struggling to walk down the road because I was so like just knackered and when you get used to functioning when you're completely fucked to be honest with you mm. um like normal life then just becomes easy so I think people are too um like marshmallowed now into like the safety net of the world almost like the government does it with like furloughing schemes and this stuff <laughs> we're too we're not thrown out and pushed hard enough sometimes mm. and I think it's very beneficial for us to push ourselves as hard as we can sometimes because then you know you've got another gear if you need it so like for example when COVID happened last year like I crapped myself I was like I've got a massive team I've got loads of overheads uh, all my clients are going to leave because they're all going to lose their jobs all this stuff and then that like made me like take massive action and go into like mm. DEFCON mode. So <laughs> I was like, you need to like take the ball by the horns of this. And I literally like wrote on my whiteboard, like lead by example and just like underlined it like four mm. times. And um, so for like probably like three months I was getting up at five and working like 14 hour days because I was like, you need to get a handle on this now. 
Mm. And that for me was actually probably one of the most beneficial things because it now I now know that I have that extra gear in my locker if I need it. Yeah. And like sometimes I feel guilt, guilty for not being like that all the time. I we were actually speaking about that earlier. <laughs> yeah. Like as an entrepreneur or someone in business, it's quite easy to feel guilty sometimes that you're not constantly working on your laptop, mm. but often your best ideas will come when you're not like yeah. knee deep in 100%. Excel or whatever you're doing, do you know what I mean? And I know it'd be the same for you. Oh, 100%, you know, is it is hard to come away from it sometimes because some, sometimes you're not always productive either. Just because you're in front of a screen doesn't mean you're always doing something. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it feels good that you're there, but you're not being yeah. as productive as you could be. Um, another thing is, so another part of you scaling up, um, so last week I had Sham on the podcast and he was talking about investing in himself and he's invested a lot of money because he didn't go to uni and stuff. He said, I, re- I invest in myself and knowledge of other high-level entrepreneurs. So have you invested in coaches yourself Absolutely. and how effective has that been for you? The expression is having skin in the game. So hmm. by inherently throwing money into something, you make yourself uncomfortable like, I need to justify this. Hmm. And it's almost the very same I say to clients being like, if you're going to pay me, chances are you're like, like that inherently alone is psychologically you committing to the process mm. because you're then much more likely to take action and listen to the advice if you're paying a significant amount for it mm. than if you're downloading a free workout plan of bodybuilding.com as an example because you're like, okay, I've invested in this, I need to see this through. And also, I think the process of having a coach or a mentor, like, human nature is we don't want to let other people down and we all like to have our praises sung and be like oh you've done so well or whatever Mm. so I think that's a big part of the process but for me that's been one of the things that's helped me um, progress very quickly is I will always try and seek out people who know more than me and they're the next step ahead of me and I'll try and pay them to get their time to acquire Mm. their knowledge and skills learn and then keep moving up Um, and it's just a constant uh, quest to find that almost like magic next person yeah. like who's going to be the next person who's going to teach me something that's going to change the game well, well something you said then is something that um, I've actually done a solo podcast on this I haven't released it yet but it's about time and money hmm. now a lot of people associate paying somebody's like I'm not going to pay for them I'm not paying for their lifestyle I'm not going to pay for this because I can find it for free on YouTube and stuff and look if you want to consolidate thousands of hours of different people's opinions and work out what's good then that's cool, you know, because it takes a lot. That takes a lot of time. So, I've always been someone like that. I'm like, look, if this person knows more than me, then I'm willing to pay that premium to extract the knowledge from them, so I have the same knowledge. And I know by paying that premium, I'm going to get a lot faster than if I go and try and research this. Because there's a quote, and it says, if you, you can spend a thousand hours doing something, but if what you're learning is wrong, then you spent a thousand hours learning BS, really. So I would like to, I've always thought, you know, I'm going to find the person who's got the information I need. I'll pay them because I'm paying for time and time is the most valuable commodity. So is that your same thought process? It's like, look, I'm just going to pay for the time. Plus you can then, it goes down the chain of events. So you're going to then relay that same information onto your mentees. So is that sort of the same thing? hundred percent. So the fastest way to get from A to B is to find the person who's done it before you, who knows the answer. Mm. And exactly what you were saying is if you think about it from a business perspective if you were to mess around and you're trying to work something out and you did the wrong thing for six months versus you pay someone I don't know, for example ten thousand mm-hmm. pounds and you pay someone ten grand now and they told you a way to get an extra say for example a lead a day for the next mm-hmm. six months like there is no question that 
like you have to pay the person to learn the skill so mm. and I'm always willing to take a punt and just try things and mm. I think we live in a society now where people are too afraid to to fail and I think that's very much a British culture if I'm honest yeah. a European one I agree um, and one of the things that I have a huge amount of respect for from people from say the US and Canada is that like from what I can see the culture is out there if you go out you try and do something and try and be different and try and be successful and you fail people will be like fair play at least he went for it mm. uh, whereas in the UK it's very much like whoa don't like don't mm. overstep your mark don't step your box and like I remember for example mm. and it still like sits in my mind <laughs> when I first started using social media people were like why is Charlie posting selfies on the internet he's like he's married he's like he's got a full time job why is he doing this who does he think he is <laughs> and like if I'd let those people um, like get into my mind and affect me then we wouldn't be sitting here like none of this would have happened and actually like it's a bit harsh one of the truths to this is often the people who are closest to you the ones who hold you back so even for example like my mum would take the piss out of me for wearing like pink smoothie shorts and stuff like <laughs> that and like I don't know like shaving my legs or doing competitions and mm. stuff and like that like in reality like oh, it does affect you and that could stop you from actually going out to like lead the life you want um, and you need to not be afraid to push back against people that who mm. are although they're trying to look out for you they're looking out for you from a very different view of your own mm. um, even in terms of say like a dif different aspect I just bought an investment property here which I told you yeah. My dad was like, don't do it. Dubai's really shady. You won't be able to resell it. And I was like, for me, when someone tells me not to do something, it's more like, watch this. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, that's very much my thought process. Yeah, because another thing there, like I do want to get on to the, the investments and stuff in a sec, but um, another thing is what you just said. So when you post stuff, and it's quite easy, especially for people that you grew up with, to judge you and be like, why are you posting stuff? Why are you talking about this? Why, 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 why? And like you said, if you don't sort of, you have to put, push it to the side. Because if you don't, like you say, you never know. You, like, you, could, you wouldn't be here today. You've got very successful, two very successful businesses. So how did you get over that mindset-wise? Because I know it's something that a lot of people would like to do, but the self-belief to take them from A to B and, and literally forget what other people think, that's one of the hardest things. So how did you do it mindset-wise? It's probably a bit of a warped way to look at things, but like it was very much like a pr point of proving them wrong and I still like almost draw on that energy now to like drive me to be like that this like, I I actually speak and work a bit with a psychologist to try and like narrow down the way I think and actually try and show a bit more emotion rather than being like a bit of a logical hmm. robot <laughs> and uh, I, it's one of the things that I've clocked on working with him is that I'm very much driven by fear rather like I'm driven by the stick rather than motivated by the carrot so mm. my fear of failure is enormous and that's what pushes me to be like mm. you need to get so far ahead that you become almost untouchable and that you can't fail if that makes sense because yeah. my greatest fear is that all goes away tomorrow and like this was just a I don't know a dream didn't really happen if that makes sense yeah well you're obviously already doing all the right things anyway and that sort of brings me on to this is how have you managed like I've talked to you about the business side and you've got it like dialed and how have you managed to get it to where it is and how automated it is? Because a lot of people are busy fools within their business. They basically start a business and they're just basically a job within uh, their business, you know. So how have you managed to get it so it's as automated as it is and you get to make the decisions every single day on what you want to do? The beauty of that is it just comes with teams and structure and that's the big thing. And actually, I was thinking about this morning, I've just started reading a book called Traction, which is about like... Yeah 
I don't know have you read it yeah I haven't read it yet but I got it on the shelf yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I've had it on my shelf for about a month <laughs> and I was like I'm going to take it to the buy I'm actually going to read it and um, that's the big thing for me is like I'm a bit half arse sometimes with some internal stuff with the teams and like structuring stuff mm. um, and because my big thing is just like training people and making content and that's the stuff I enjoy like for me I don't like doing that other stuff but sometimes we have to make ourselves do things we don't necessarily want to do um, so for me that's the big thing that like I'm actually trying to focus on now is trying to create more structure and systems so things are a little bit more organized and behind the scenes but the big thing I think a lot of people are afraid to do is it's almost similar to the, the coaching aspect um, in terms of your own personal development is to actually spend money and employ people like almost as something's a business expense I'll just do it and see if it hap- like happens like I'll try and because I'm inherently lazy I, like well, obviously I'm not but I, I don't <laughs> like to do a lot of things I will um, hire like staff and team members and delegate out as much as I can to try and build systems to give me my time back because the most valuable thing we have is our time and you're never going to get that back again. So if I can create um, a very efficient system and structures and teams around me, that makes a big, big difference. And I think that's where, again, having coaching and guidance from people who have been there and who have bigger businesses um, will then help you to try and put those things into place because once you then suddenly like the amount of times I've done something I'm like why did I not put this in place before this has saved me so much time and it's took me like 10 minutes to like put it together and like you idiot you've been this for like three years <laughs> um, that's the big thing that I'd say and I think a lot of people are just too almost tight with the finances to think yeah. oh that's a cost I don't want to spend it it's crazy because there's a book um, that I've finished I have read it before but I've just had the audible and it's called Who Not How and it's all about finding the who so when you get an idea don't find the way how to do it always find the who and it says that a lot of people look at, say, employing someone to take over um, one of you, the roles you take, you you play. Um, people look at it as a cost, not an investment. And if you, you st- you're buying your time back. Yeah, exactly. And then when you're investing in that person, that they, yeah, they're taking control of the time that yeah, you're get now getting it back, and it becomes an investment rather than a cost. But people can't make that decision to be like, I'm going to do this because they associate cost with it, and they associate with that person taking money out of their hands. But all you're doing is being a busy fool because you're doing all the five pound jobs. Um. <laughs> it's, it's the same analogy that I like. My uh, like wife, dad, and like I think my parents. Like my mum was like, I was like, I've got gardening. It's like, why have you got gardening? You cut the lawn yourself. I was like, I can pay someone like seven pounds an hour. Cut the lawn. <laughs> I, I don't want to do it anyway. <laughs> so why would I? Why would I do it myself? The same as like cleaning my car and stuff like that. Yeah. So Dubai is the king of having like other people do stuff for yeah. you. And very like same with my personal life as a business is you can use money to to leverage against time mm. to then buy your time back and I think that's the biggest thing people can do because then you can then focus on the most important things in your business rather than like the manual labor yeah. pointless stuff if that makes sense. So you mentioned you just bought an investment property in Dubai and when we were for dinner last week you basically want to try and buy these at will. Yeah. Now. Why? Why did you pick Dubai? Because I know you've you know you've travelled the whole world. You, you love travelling. And um, why not like the US, Canada? Why not the UK? What What was about Dubai that made you think yeah I want to I want to buy a property here? So for me, the way I look at everything in life, obviously I've got quite a big background in, in property. Where I look at everything is looking at probably the same way you look at investing is the mm. fundamentals and the logic behind things. So mm. if you look at like what's happened recently and so there's a huge amount of people coming into Dubai at the moment because of Dubai is basically like the only free place in the world at the moment <laughs> which no one would have said five years ago um, and um, the tax rates are shooting up 
everywhere and obviously UK corporation tax has gone up to 25% whole rest of Europe is going to go up mm. US is going up massively everyone's going to start getting pulled into into trying to like alleviate obviously from that so I think a lot of people will be coming here and there's huge amounts of investment coming to Dubai so the thing with Dubai as well is that it's they tend to build out wider and like the prime location areas the for example the property I've got is in the marina and there's not going to be another marina that's always going to be there so for my side of things it's just looking at simple supply and demand and also looking at other factors for example the exchange rate at the moment is very favorable it's uh 20% stronger now to transfer pounds into dirham mm. than it was a year ago so if you're looking at 20% on a property that's quite a significant change um so it's just looking at the the fundamentals and then thinking about what's the the long-term logic and having spoken with a lot of people out here like the property market can always be quite turbulent here but mm. everything i always do is thinking long term so in mm. terms of uh, fitness in terms of like my own progress and in terms of business or investing or like crypto we talk about bitcoin mm. a lot mm. is like i would never try and do anything short term because mm. i think that's when you're going to get burnt you have to Definitely. look at the fundamentals and the logic of everything in life and then hedge your bets in the long run oh 100 there's always it's always a long thing a long game when it comes to investing so is that something you're going to continue to do now now the more successful you get in your business you're going to continue to build a portfolio of assets and diversify is there anything else that sort of grabs your interest or is it just like property crypto and yeah i think um that's the longer term strategy because i just find that world fascinates me and i think i had this weird thing that i quite like owning like parts of the world i think it's quite mm, cool you yeah. think like that sort of like tangible stuff rather than like money in the bank like money in the bank is the, like you can't touch or hold yeah. it so that's always something i've been quite drawn to but for me like the big thing I've, i'm interested to learn more about again is going more uh, into like investment routes, crypto, all those other things. Mm. I think the crypto one, I think it's going to be huge for the next 12 to 18 months. I think we're, that's just starting to, I think, accelerate now yeah. um, as it's starting to get adopted a lot more within the world. Oh, 100%. So when it comes to coaching, I think you're at a stage now where you've, got, you've, you've gone from where you was to where you are very quickly. Um, the next level is probably coaching coaches. Is that something you've already thought about or are you still going to continue to grow your business where it is now? Because I think that you've got a lot to offer other coaches. Like even ones that mm. have started before you, you've sort of got the systems in place. You could excel some of their businesses to the next level. Have you thought about that yet? Um, it's something I get inundated with and asked probably on a daily basis and it's something that I toy with the idea with. However, the big thing that I'd say is my passion at the moment is helping people transform their lives in terms of their own fitness, in terms of from a business perspective, I haven't got, there's like, again, reading a lot of books recently, one of the things I talk about is like not spreading yourself too thin and like with a lot of entrepreneurs, what happens is you create a really successful business and you almost get a bit bored of it and you're like, mm. oh, I'm gonna go start this as well now. And then your original like main gig then starts to drop off because you're getting distracted. So it does. that's, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so that's um, one of the things I'm very aware of and my time is very valuable to me and I don't think necessarily that's necessarily the angle to go down. Part me, not from an ego point of view, I'd like to do it to prove a point that I could do it if that makes sense mm. because, and I don't mean it arrogantly, I now have enough confidence that if I wanted to go and do, I don't know, 
want to build a building, I could probably go and work out a way to do it. I can yeah. build it myself because I'm hopeless, but I could find so I could delegate to <laughs> yeah, someone to yeah, do it for yeah, me. Yeah, you find the who. Um, <laughs> but yeah, find the who. Um, so 100% is something I could do and something I've toyed with and maybe something further down the line. But for the moment, I think I'm just reiterating my own advice of what I've been reading a lot of times is like focus on growing and killing it more with what you're currently doing, maximizing that rather than trying to create another like yeah. tangent off and then getting pulled away from your main thing because I see that all the time with other people and I imagine you do as well yeah I'm with myself yeah. <laughs> so um, if you had to give just one bit of advice to coaches now not just fitness coaches but coaches overall um, that could instantly change their business whether they're doing it now or not what would it be and this isn't gu- like guided to get anyone to spend money but if you haven't got a coach or someone mentoring you get one now because that, that's why you're not improving I, I probably got four maybe five people coaching me in different areas at the moment mm. just to give an example yeah, so yeah. like I practice what I preach I coach people and I get coached with loads of different stuff because I constantly want to learn and if you're not willing to if you're a coach you're not willing to invest in a coach then you're not very authentic in your own values if that makes sense because you're not you're you're preaching but you're not practicing cool so I've got one more question before we wrap it up. So what what do you personally define as success? Uh, first, what comes to my head is freedom. So um, I've always wanted to be, be in a position where I could do what I want, when I want, with who I want. And that's always been my aspiration. So like, I don't know, like COVID's crap in UK. It's like, I'm going to go to Dubai. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, for me, that's like, this mm. is legit. And that's when you have then got conscious freedom to be like okay I do not agree with the way this has been dealt with in the UK I'm just going to take myself out of the situation and go to the only free place in the world um, that for me has always been what I've wanted and then not to have to be told what to do by anyone else mm. not from um, like if I pay someone to coach me 100% I'll listen to whatever they say and that's why I've invested in that individual but I've always wanted to live life on my own terms and mm. have the opportunity that if I decide I want to go to I'm in Florida tomorrow or whatever uh, barring travel restrictions then I can do and yeah. that's that's always been my aspiration where I'm starting to get to now definitely so just before you can tell people how they can contact you what's your favourite cheat day meal uh, <laughs> I actually had it yesterday for actually it was disappointing so I, I had I went to Cheesecake Factory and it's like, it's like the best thing about Dubai and uh, it would be I think it's like spicy chicken or cashew nut or something they have at Cheesecake Factory and then the Oreo Extreme Cheesecake but last time I had it, I'd been dieting for a photo shoot. So I was like, it was like the best thing in the world. And I'm eating tons of food at the moment. I had it yesterday. And I was like, it's nice, but it's not as good as I remember. <laughs> didn't taste the same. No, no, no 100%. <laughs> um, so yeah, it would have to be that. But I, I'm not generally massive in sweet tooth. Oh, okay. So how can people find you? I know you've got a massive presence online. So where's the best place for people to find you? Um, so my Instagram is at Charlie Johnson Fitness. It's really easy to find. Uh, I've got my own podcast, which is called The Shredded Show. Mm. So that's on iTunes and Spotify. My YouTube channel is Charlie Johnson, and uh, that's the best place to catch me. Definitely, anyone who's listening, connect with Charlie. Massive presence online, and it's not just about fitness. You, you, you know, cover you, everything. You cover everything. So, working. Okay. Appreciate your time yeah, today, mate. Thanks Pleasure. very much.